welcome everyone to the first official Screamcast episode of the year of 2019. It's episode 160. Oh shit, you guys, it's episode 166. You guys did an episode without, without me. God damn it. Uh, I am Sean DeRager. Uh, and with me, Brad Henderson and Stephanie Crawford. Welcome. Welcome well, unofficial, to the first official uh, episode, everybody. Of- <laughs> to the Screamcast. The unofficial Stephanie Crawford and the unofficial Brad Henderson. I yeah. I basically... The chopped meat, if you will. Yeah. I basically am being a jerk. Uh, you guys did an episode without me uh, earlier in the uh, last month. And uh, that was that was fine. That was awesome. Um, I have no hard Thanks. feelings whatsoever. It's, uh, yeah. I may just step aside. Stop, I, see, I can't even talk now. I, I might as well just step aside and uh, just quit. I mean, you could mute yourself right now, and then Steph and I can you just, you know. I mean, I understand that's hard for you to talk when you're not getting paid. To now, <laughs> exactly. So. Yes, oh, I get it. <laughs> that oh. is true. Um, so anyway, well, I'm we're we're we are all three together for the first time this year, and it feels pretty damn good. Is really what I'm trying to say. All kidding aside, I have missed podcasting. Um, so I have been doing. As some of you know, the club scum members, of course, know because I won't shut up, shut up about it. But no, you definitely. You may not realize from the podcast that I actually I do voiceover stuff and I do audiobook uh, narration. I'm stumbly and mumbly on the podcast, but I actually, if there's money involved, I can actually turn up the prof- the professionalism and uh, put out a pretty good product if I do say so myself. So I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> So I've been kind of building that I like how business. quickly he'll treat you like a cheap boy. <laughs> I'll give you a dollar. So I've been, uh, I've been trying to build that, that business and doing a lot all that. And uh, so I appreciate everyone's patience as I've been doing that. Um, but uh, but goddamn, I have missed talking to Stephanie and Brad. So this feels good. I said my name first. Of course. Well, I can speak for Brad. We're both very proud of you. And... <laughs> Uh, we can be your second favorite. That's okay. Okay. All right. Um, so I do have, there, there are some audiobooks out there with my name on them. You just go to Audible, search Shonda Rager as a narrator and find there's one horror story called The Haunting of Mercer House and then a fantasy story called Realmbound. And then I'm doing some bullshit. Um, but there is one book that Club Scum members, I think all of you will qualify for, um, for codes. It's called the fetishists and you guys are going to love this book. So I'll be narrating that soon and I'll be giving that away to club scum members. Um, if I have enough codes, but that one, uh, is by an author, Ace, uh, A.S. Coomer. And, uh, it's a really fucked up little book and I cannot wait to narrate it. So, um, anyway, that's what's enough about me. Enough about me. Uh, we're going to do, uh, have you checked your phone yet, Sean? No, I have not. I have not. Did you text me? Did you text me? I got you something there. What? What are you talking about? Sent you a dollar on PayPal. Oh, shit. Thank you. Holy shit. So you just got paid for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? I'm not going to work for free. Oh, no. All right. All right. Professional Sean is on. I am on the job. What's up, everybody? Everybody, this is episode 166 of the Screamcast. Uh, brought to you by Brad Henderson's Dollar. Wow. All right. <laughs> Let's definitely go first. All right. Well, we haven't no let way. everyone know what we're doing. So 
So we're going to do today. Are we about movies? Like We're going to talk about some movies. We're doing a, another What's on Your Doorstep uh, episode. We are going to kind of try to do, um, to change things up with the format. And I think this way we'll be able to kind of get some consistent podcast out at least at least to a month. But we'll be doing a What's on Your Doorstep episode. And then uh, then the next episode will be, it'll, will be followed by kind of a themed episode. So this episode we'll be doing a What's on Your Doorstep. Next episode... Uh, and we're doing this just because I dropped the ball and I haven't been able to watch everything. Uh, but we are doing, I don't, we haven't thought of a name of it yet, but it's, it's an un, it's an un episode. It's uh we're going to be talking about the unborn and the unnameable movies, serieses, serieses, at least the, them and their sequels. So that'll be really fun. So we're gearing up for that. That'll be coming soon. But today we're just going to be telling you guys, uh, about shit we've been watching. Stuff that's landing on our doorstep. So we're gonna jump into jump into that right now. Into what's on your doorstep. That's what we're gonna do. That's what we're gonna do right now. Right now is what we're gonna do. Prove it. This is where I'm gonna edit edit out and and just put the theme song in. Um. All right. Are we gonna do round robin style or are we just gonna lump it with each of us? What do you guys want to do? I like the round robin style because it kind of keeps uh, it keeps me from falling asleep when Brad goes into his fifty movies, but. Whatever you guys want to do. Yeah, let's do round robin. <laughs> I got a text that it's snowing right now. Fuck snow. Uh, I live in Las Vegas. There is no fuck snow here. <laughs> the last time it snowed, it was like 2006. Wow. Is she, you going outside? Yeah, I'm looking. <laughs> fuck it, fuck snow. That's all I got to say. Wow. No, All right, who's going just first? Just here. Ow. Stephanie, would you like to go first? Should Brad go first? No, I'm on strike because I'm not getting paid. <laughs> Can I send you a, an official Screamcast sticker? You already have. I have like every sticker. Damn it. And you know what? I tried to pay the rent with it. <laughs> and I, it didn't work. Fuck. Okay, sorry. So, Brad, would you like to start? <laughs> sure, sure. I'll go first. Um, first up, um, we have a... Uh, I was really happy um, with this flick. It is uh, called The Standoff at Sparrow Creek. It is directed by Henry Dunham, which I am pretty excited what else this uh, dude has to do. Um, basically, the film... Um, it's about an ex-cop who hears a shooting in the distance, uh, lots of gunfire and some explosions. And he runs to a uh, kind of a warehouse and all these other people are showing up and you find out that they're part of a militia in town. And they have um, kind of a, a warehouse full of gear, uh, bulletproof vests, grenades, uh, assault rifles. And they just want to take an account of what weapons they have and to make sure that uh, one of them didn't do the shooting. And what happens is that on the radio, they hear that someone opened fire at a police funeral, uh, shooting many police officers um, in the process and got away. So um, the standoff is these members of this militia group 
uh, who go to, like I said, their little hideout, and they realize that there's a vest, um, there's ammo, there's a gun, and a couple grenades that are missing. And they all don't want to get blamed for this, you know, terrorist attack, basically. So they interrogate each other. It is fucking great. Like, it's just a kind of a one location interrogation of these uh, just, you know, these kind of radicals in a way. Um, so it's 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 very, very interesting. And it's it's very exciting for not having um an actual standoff. The standoff is basically interrogation, but it's very tense. It's very tight. It moves very smoothly and it packs quite a few surprises. And, um, the, the editing and the, um, the sound, not sound design, but, uh, just the, the, the score and everything. It's just, it's really, really well done. It's a, it's a really great movie. So awesome. highly recommend it. Um, runs, pretty smooth like i said it's i think it's fairly short yeah it's like 90 minutes um rlj put it out and um yeah it's pretty good i don't think there's any special features on it though what's it uh, so what's called it called the standoff at sparrow creek sweet that sounds so much like a twilight zone episode <laughs> um <laughs> it's it's it has a couple things that reminiscent of the 70s but other than that um it, like i said it's just kind of a one location thriller so hmm. definitely check nice stephanie how about you uh go ahead <laughs> wow okay okay um i don't so I'm trying to figure out where to where to start <laughs> but um you i have to go again no no i i i, I I'm trying to I'm looking through my stack here. So uh, the house, the movie, the movie I wanted to mention was I watched this with my kids. It's been trying to find like my daughter is always asking for, you know, kind of horror movies or scary movies to watch. And of course, it makes things difficult because we have a six year old and we have an 11 year old and then my daughter's 13. And but um, she got to watch her first Eli Roth movie that's star starring Jack Black, <laughs> all people called The House with a Clock in Its Walls. And um, this is kind of a kid, a kid centric uh, kind of, you know, it's fine. Gothic house film. And uh, I, I really dug it. I think uh, I think it's a strong effort from Eli Roth. Uh, I was pretty surprised, you know, that he directed this. Looks like it's um, I don't know, like the I think he has he has chops, but I think it's if it's a movie that maybe he's not hasn't written or not. I don't know. It's I don't know what the. I don't know if he was a hired gun for this one or not, but uh, I really had a good time with it with the family and really well done. Jack Black wasn't uh, too annoying in it. Uh, Kate Blanchett uh, is uh, gorgeous and she does not age ever. But um, this was, it was a fun little kind of, uh, I don't know. It's not like a horror film per se, like, but it's a, it's a, you know, kind of a gothic, dark-ish, you know, family film. I guess you can say. Have you guys, any of you seen it at all? At all? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. I haven't. It's, it's um, serviceable. Serviceable. I saw the CGI Jack Black baby though, and that seems like a horror <laughs> movie to me. Yeah, probably. Probably. But no, I mean, did he, did he write, I don't think he wrote this. 
Yeah. So I think this was, he, he was a hired gun director for this sucker and, and he did a great job. So, so I guess that means, uh, you know, Eli Roth, maybe hire him as a director of your film and don't really have him write. Maybe. Um, I don't think it's that. I think Eli Roth had a, um, there was, there was a few films, uh, and yet, and I found out later on, I think during the production of like the fourth one, um, they actually had like a grant, I think from, um, from the country that they were filming in and they made all these films in the span of like, you know, just five years, they made the stranger, they made aftershock, um, green inferno, um, it was him and another guy that worked together and they all knock knock, I think was one of them too. Right. They, they, they made all these films like back to back to back to back. And I feel that they didn't really have the time to craft. Um, Cause I, I think like, I know we give Eli Ross shit. I give Eli Ross shit all the time, but I, he's a very smart guy. He, he knows horror. He knows what's scary. He's very knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. um, and I, believe he can i think he's a competent director i love cabin fever i love the yeah. hot two hostile films that he did um but i think he kind of got in this groove to uh kind of rubber rodriguez it which rubber rodriguez did the exact same thing where he just made like shit for like five years and then finally got out of it and was kind of getting back to his roots i haven't seen alita yet but um you know i, th I think he had this uh kind of just I'm going to make movies quick. I can do it cheap. And there we go. And they want, they, maybe they have these ideas. And they don't want to maybe spend a lot of time and money on them. So they just kind of put them out there and for their like hardcore fan base. And I think that's kind of what he did. And I think he lost traction. I think with this and some of the other stuff that he's working on, he's going to get back on track. And I think we're going to probably see some yeah. decent stuff from him. I'm not going to say he's like, you know, revolution <laughs> cinema or anything or horror, but I think he's a competent director. He knows what he's doing. I just don't like the majority of films that he's made so, or written and produced. Yeah. He's one of those guys so, that I love hearing him talk about movies. And I think like he has it, in him but yeah I, I was i was wondered why you know we'd seen such a low quality output from him but like the how like these these long names here the house with a clock in its walls um you know it's it's a very solid film and it's not um it, it i don't know it feels right in line with all these others there's all these other kind of kid-friendly horror movies or scary movies or or yeah well i think films. it got I think it kind of got mixed in with uh, Goosebumps, yeah. Jack Black, and the cover yeah. was kind of the similar. I think yeah. it just kind of got fell by the which, wayside, which but. is a mistake. I think that I think Jack Black is actually pretty good in it. He's not doing the whole Jack Black stick shtick as much. He kind Sticks. of is, but um, yeah. All right, moving right, moving Seth, along. What do you got? Moving along. Who's gonna say skip me and it's gonna go back to me or? <laughs> Yeah, do you guys not understand what I'm on strike means? <laughs> You're not on strike. Come on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to go to a recent discovery, thanks to Severn Films. And I recently watched and very much enjoyed Skinner. Ooh. Uh, starring Ted Raimi, who I adore. Um. 
I, I've always liked, uh, I, I'm a big slapstick fan and I, I love the Evil Dead series. I think I might be the only torch holder here for that. Um, and just hearing about him being a completely dark character really intrigued me. And there's such a sleazy backstory <laughs> to this entire movie. Um, I was really interested. Um, but basically, um, we open up with Ricky Lake, and she's just a really sweet, normal person. She's renting out a room, and Ted Raimi shows up. And it's Ted Raimi who just has one of the most open, friendly faces. Um, so she rents out the room to him. And then we we kind of have a B-plot with Tracy Lords, who hides her face a lot. She she has a lot of scarring all over her body, and she's kind of on a dark uh, vengeance mission. And then we, we find out how the stories are connected. And it's it's this great slow opening where we establish all the characters. And next thing you know, there's people running through the street wearing people's skins in a <laughs> racist way and some of the nastiest gore i've ever seen and this thing is very low budget and the gore is done incredibly well but you know those films where they don't have a big budget the film's a little grainy but you have really talented people working on it and that combination makes it extra sick Nice. That Skinner. It just feels more realistic in a way. And uh, Ted Raimi was perfect for this role because he's disarming. Sometimes they'll they'll show it's not a spoiler say he's a serial killer. It's all over the box. Um <laughs> sometimes the the killer, when they're supposed to convince the characters in the film, you're like, no one's gonna fall for that. He's like licking a knife while he talks to them. Like they're not gonna let them into their home. Ted Raimi, uh, I would let him in. I'd, I'd be dead. <laughs> but he he builds the insanity with a little bit of humor. It's so good. And um, I'm not going to give away the ending, but it includes this great speech that's just on the edge of a little too absurd, but they make it work. Um so I think if you want like something very serious, just very realistic, this I think the way this builds might throw you off a little bit, might not be your thing. But if if you're kind of in the mood for a kitchen sink approach with, I'm sorry, like Ted Raimi, Tracy Lords, Ricky Lake, all in one movie. Yeah. Um, uh, to me, that's irresistible, and I just thought it was fantastic. I had never even heard of this movie before the Blu-ray, the Blu-ray was released, and uh, the extras are really interesting. And yeah, no, I had a hell of a lot of fun with that. Yeah, Skinner's one of those movies that that director did that actually kind of gained traction. He was like a TV uh, movie director for a long time, and then. <laughs> He got into like softcore porn before he died and he's making stuff for like Skinamax or something. Um, but yeah, he's he's very odd at picking his actors and then the roles they play because he picked he picked Gary Coleman to be in this movie one time. And it's this like drama thriller 
he plays like a kid that he plays a teenager. Gary Coleman plays a teenager and he's like burning down buildings and shit. It's called like fire or something. Fireman. I don't know. <laughs> and then he has this movie. Um, God, I used to watch it with my grandmother. She taped it off television and it was called deadly intruder or intruder. Something of Sally Struthers was the lead in it. And um, she's like left home alone and this intruder breaks in and she's got to fight for her life. And it, it, his director's name's um, Ivan. Um, uh, like Nagy? Nagy? Yeah, yeah. I, Ivan, uh, Ivan Nagy. N-A-G-Y, I think, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. He's just, just an odd guy. Like a very quirky sense. Uh, I've, I've watched some of his other films. He also had Deadly Hero. I think that's out on Blu-ray from uh, Code Red. It's a, a you know, like a cop movie too oh, it's um just a very weird guy quirky guy and he i wish he made more it's like if adam rifkin and john waters made a movie together that's yeah, kind of that's kind of how scratched it scratched an itch for me i um because leading up to it i just heard sleazy 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 so i'm like okay i'm ready for sleazy but it it, it had a crazy sense of humor and it really appealed to me i'm like yes it's a lot of fun. This is wacky. And he had a connection with Heidi Fleiss. And I'm always interested in that because she moved here to Las Vegas. And you'd watch the local news. And there was a period of time where it would almost seem like it's a weekly feature, like what Heidi Fleiss is up to. And then just has like a house full of birds. And she'd always like be up to a new scheme. I'm like, oh, I wonder how all of her birds are doing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I picked up Skinner. I haven't watched it yet. It's been a while since I've seen it, so I'm excited to see it again. Yeah, it's on my it's on my stack as well. Um, Get to it. Okay. Next up, I had. Uh, I think I tweeted that this is a Stephanie Crawford movie through and through. Um, it's written and directed by uh, a lady, Diana Curries, I believe her name is. Um, obviously she's she's french since this movie's french but it's called uh peppermint soda and with that title in this cover that they have i just couldn't like i've heard it was a coming of age drama and i'm a sucker for coming of age dramas like as soon as you say it i'm like yeah i'll do it um so it's a very cute and um I don't know if it would work with today's standards but this is you know the 70s and french with you know these young young teenage girls it's basically just these friends that are growing up in the 60s and it's just a coming of age story about you know love and romance and even political like satire stuff that's happening um just follows them around within this uh you know small time frame um of them uh, going back to school like it starts off with them from the summer like the last day of summer going back to school dealing with you know meeting new people new teachers uh falling in love you know falling for people dealing with your parents and eventually going back into the summer um just a very cute and quirky movie um very well done uh cohen uh media uh put it out so is um, always happy to pick up something they release because they they have this weird um i mean it's kind of like a like a like a criterion label it feels like cohen media group is but um yeah they did a beautiful scan of uh what is that or kind of like image yeah 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 totally 
it's just um, they do a lot of good work and i always think it somewhat goes unnoticed um but yeah a very kind of cute movie i was very happy with it made me laugh um but it is i will say it's a little awkward to watch because it's like the french didn't give a shit about like how girls were dressed so there's a, like a lot of almost nudity in the film which is a little awkward these days but you know if you get into the movie you kind of just look past it i mean there's nothing graphic nothing's shown it's just weird when you know for me i was watching it my girlfriend walks in and i'm watching some french 70s movie with the girls running around in the locker room in their underwear she's like what the fuck are you watching I was, like, I was like look look it's this movie it's a manufactured blu-ray it's nothing off the internet or something it's french but- it's art i swear <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of a uh, <laughs> awkward, funny exchange, and then she watched it with me and ended up liking it. Um, but yeah, it's a very cute movie. I think uh, a lot of people would enjoy it, and especially you, Steph. So why why me especially? Uh, you're you you have like your your taste is all over the place. That's why you, I think you and Brian Sauer make a good team. Because you're both all over the place. You like trashy shit to like romance to art house. You're just all over the place. But this film kind of has a lot of just of that era in the 70s. It just has a lot of what I think that you would like in a movie. From what the conversations we've had of the things that you do like in movies, this seems like your thing. So, Oh, nice. And that led to a compliment. I appreciate that. And that goes to Brian Stower, too. I think this would be something he would love, too. So, Sean, cool. you would probably hate it and fall asleep. So, No, I, I, I like stuff like that, too. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a classy and a tra- I, have, I have a classy side and a trashy side. Mm. So, um, so, yeah. So, uh, speaking What's of... What's that movie? I thought of that poster. Is it, like, Angel when she, like... A plus student during the day, hooker by night. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's an awkward movie too now because Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. No, but still it's, it's still a fun fun series. So well, um I have been uh I have been collecting the MVD rewind collection um pretty much every release I have gotten. So I've been trying to make my way through these. I think I have a couple of them to talk about t- tonight. But the first one I want to talk about is uh, is Nemesis, starring Olivier Gruner. Olivier? Olivier? Gruner? Directed by... Uh, if it ends with an R, it's usually an A pronunciation if it's a French name. Yeah, Olivier Gruner. Directed by Albert Pune. And uh, I love Albert Pune movies. Most recently, you know, the movie Cyborg is fantastic. And... Uh, he just has, I don't know, there's something about his movies. He has this kind of energy to them when they're done well. And Nemesis is, it's a very basic kind of cyber, I don't know, cyberpunk, uh, Terminator type, you know, cyborg action flick. And, um, but the, the action in it, and especially like the gunplay, like these guns like dish serious damage. And I love it when, you know, you have like a rain of bullets and, and it just and it has like damage on everything around and people blow up into little pieces and um it just just has a fantastic action sense and it, it kind of scratches that itch with uh you know these R rated, you know, late eighties, early nineties 
uh, kind of sci-fi flicks. But I was, I was thinking back, I was like, all right, I need to kind of give a talk about the plot. And I can't, you know, it's one of those films, like, I don't really remember too much about the plot other than he is supposed to kind of arrest or kill someone. And then he <laughs> ends up, and he ends up being chased by the police himself. So Bam, you got a script. <laughs> wow, that is that is good, man. <laughs> but it's a fun ride along the way. But I, 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 for the life of me, I'm like, and there's like three more of these movies. There's uh, four Nemesis movies. There's five. Five. Wow. I think Albert or Alex um, only did four. Dustin Alex? Ferguson, fifth one, and it just came out. I was just yeah. fucking. It's it's Albert, bro. I'm Alex just... is Alex is the main character. That's why I said Alex. So whatever. yeah, Alex Rain. Yeah, that's that's so why. So you didn't what you're signing up for, man. You have four more movies. Man. I know. I'm I'm in. I need to. Uh, I almost need to rewatch this to see what the hell. Uh, try to get the plot down, but I think it's a pretty okay. it's a pretty basic <laughs> it's, plot. It's, well, I mean, it's it's also a ripoff. I mean, it's a total ripoff <laughs> RoboCop because. Right. Alex Rain, Alex Murphy, he's uh, <laughs> you know a, uh, a cop, and he gets blown to bits um, by terrorists, and then he's rebuilt as a cyborg, <laughs> and then um, he uh, basically it's you know people hunting down a cyborg because they're gonna what is they gonna give all this uh, I don't know documents or something? It's it's to, all it's all to, so you to, know. To, to terrorists, uh, computer terrorists, <laughs> and uh, you know, to to kill the human race, and then it ends up to be like battle and everything. Yeah, it's, it's just a basic basic movie. That's from what I remember, dude. I yeah, haven't seen derivative since yeah. I was a little kid. Yeah, um, I but, remember liking uh, the. And I enjoyed one through four when when uh, when they came out. Um, but he was always a fun director up until I guess like I would say the late nineties. Yeah. I think Teen Guns was the last uh, movie that I really enjoyed because that was kind of his tame. And he made like he was getting off all these movies in like the nineties where they were like these huge like sci-fi action movies, and then he did like uh, he did that movie with um, uh, Burt Reynolds in like. Uh, was it Ice? I think it was maybe Ice Cube was in it. It was like Crazy Six, I think it was. But he had that Mean Guns with uh, um, Mario Van uh, Peebles yeah. and uh, Christopher Lambert. And they did that, uh, you know, kind of just a buddy action movie. It was a lot of fun. Um, I really like Mean Guns. But yeah, he was always a fun, fun director. He had a lot of, a lot of cool shit that he did, um, especially kind of like in the the – he had that radioactive dreams that's uh, unavailable with uh, um, uh, the guy from Christine that plays Arnie's friend who directed that horror movie Touristas, John Stockwell. And then he had um, Michael Dudikoff. Uh, and that's a, that's a movie. I guarantee you, Brian Sauer probably has a poster of radioactive dreams <laughs> above his bed. That's a, that's a Brian Sauer movie through and through. And he did it like dangerously close, which is that badass. Uh, school movie um, where uh, um, the the guy wants to be part of the like the group in school and they do these like uh, crazy uh, setups like to um, kind of uh, kidnap people 
Oh man, that's a good movie too. But anyways, yeah, Albert yeah. did a lot of great movies. You know, um, but he totally lost his touch. I think yeah. in the late nineties, and I, I just can't. He also, dude, he did that. I had no idea. I think it was uh, um, uh, Phil uh, from Fangoria. He mentioned to me because I was going off about how much I love Streets of Fire, and fucking Albert made a fucking sequel. To Streets of Fire, I had no idea what it was about. It was that um, Road to Hell, and it yeah, I keep hearing street. about it. Yeah, and it's it, it apparently it premiered it. at Fantastic Fest, like when Fantastic Fest first started. And it's just a terrible piece of shit movie, but it has like three people return from Streets of Fire, and it's a Streets of Fire sequel. Wow. And um, is one of them Rick Moranis? <laughs> Oh, that God. would be amazing. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> you know, I'm uh, because um, Albert Pune's first movie was The Sword and the Sorcerer. I'm like, I'm so shocked that that has not come out on Blu-ray or even uh-huh. DVD. Damn. Because um, that's like his most successful film, and I'm like, what the hell is up with that? Is it is it lost in like rights hell or something like that? Like, Probably. was it uh, Universal Pictures? But I'm but even Universal, you think they would release it because of all the. I'm just surprised that that movie's been lost, you know, just lost to time because possibly, um, man. There's countless movies like that. But it's but it's a, it's the it's the fucking Sword and the Sorcerer that came out around the same time as like Conan the Barbarian. Like that was a huge movie when it came out, and I'm just shocked that uh, that it hasn't kind of got a resurgence on physical media. It's it's ridiculous. I can't find any. I have some. I have a because the DVD's out of print, and I have like a rip of it. Um, that's an awful, an awful rip of Sword of the Sorcerer, but man, someone, hey, we, you know, we know, he also we did know the labels listen, we know the labels movie? listen to us, so oh, yeah, hey, uh, uh, I'm gonna be labels. announced next week. <clears throat> well, you know, Kino Lorber, come on, you guys would have a hit with Sword and the Sorcerer, Collector's Edition, you know you would. True. <laughs> yeah, I watched that, uh, found footage, um, uh, movie by him. Oh, God. Um, yeah, it was... <sighs> It's like a, it's a dash cam found footage movie and it was made like way before like found footage was getting big. It was because I mean, after, you know, the last broadcast and, you know, uh, Blair Witch came out, there wasn't a ton of like they there wasn't a ton of found footage movies. But like in the mid 2000s, they started making them again. And he was one of the first ones. And it was this weird, super boring uh car like police cam um dashboard movie and it was just so fucking boring can't remember the name of it but i know oh. you but anyways all right i want to hear what steph has to say now Does she have oh, another one? yes oh i never watch movies okay <laughs> you know what this is an embarrassing late to the party choice but I know there are some other late to the party kids out there. So this one's for you. I'm going to take the bullet. Do it. I finally, and I know I've been hearing for the better part of a year, how great this movie was, how much I needed to see it. Um, but I finally saw the autopsy of Jane Doe. Oh, nice. So I'll keep this short because it's pretty well talked about. Um, but I finally sat down, watched it, and thankfully it was absolutely worth the hype. <laughs> I didn't have a great idea. I didn't know anything about the plot, which I appreciated, just like what I could glean from the title. 
and I wasn't sure what the tone would be. It's that kind of cover where it's very stark. It's like a white background and kind of a, a startling center image. And that tends to hint to you that's going to be on the extreme side when it comes extreme. to gore. Extreme. Right. That, that just seems to be the trend. So I kind <laughs> of assumed it would be a little rough. So I need to be in a certain mood for it. Uh, so I sat down and watched it. And what really uh, took me was the relationship. It's a father and son coroner team. And the dad is Brian Cox, who I love. Uh, and um, he's not really disillusioned or anything. He's just been doing it for decades. He's seen everything. He's showing his son the ropes, but his son is trying to edge towards doing something else. Um, and But the great thing is he's not like, whatever, dad. You know, <laughs> seriously, he's smart. He knows what he's doing. And they have a really realistic relationship. It feels very lived in. Yeah, and, they, they may have some great chemistry together in that yeah. movie. Yeah, and to me, that always heightens the horror so much because when they're just obnoxious people who <laughs> so many times you're just not really with families obviously but with friends you're like why are these people friends all they do is argue they're miserable I don't buy that they would be hanging out together and I don't care if they die sorry I know they're <laughs> not real people so I don't care <laughs> but here it really feels like a real relationship um so we we see this beautiful young woman, her body gets dug up, very strange circumstances, and she comes to them and she's she's a clean corpse. She looks perfect. Like she was dipped in plastic almost. Um, but she had been through severe trauma. And as, as they go through her body, um, you know, weird stuff happens and it's it's I just love I'm a sucker for horror movies that are pretty much one location um they might do like a flashback to a different location they might run into a little side room but 90% of this is in one room and it's <laughs> I I think just the mix of it's genuinely very scary it takes its time, but it's never slow or boring. It feels mm. like they made the most out of every minute. Um, yeah, I'm really, it's on Netflix right now. I'm really glad I finally got to it. And it's a decently scary movie, but it's not um, so extreme. It'll bum, at, bum you out for the night. Um, so that's <laughs> it's, not, nice. it's not hereditary extreme. Right, yeah, you, you won't feel like emotionally winded and just right. feel like a puddle on your couch afterwards. It's yeah. fun. It is fun. No, and, and that's um, what I was I was surprised at that too because I was like I had fun with this film and I was expecting it to be this kind of dour try to be scary and haunting and but it was it was it was a fantastic blend of of I'm all telling of you it's cuz of the cover, the stark background yeah. and like seeing a beat up corpse on the cover. Um, no, it, it was really good. And I thought it respected the audience. It respected its own mm -hmm. characters. And 
uh yeah i'm just really glad i finally got around to it so if you're like me and you're late to the party don't feel bad about it don't let these cool guys like sean and brad <laughs> make you feel bad about it it's okay. i never i never make anyone feel bad if they if they're late to the party. i'm always the one who's late to the party so i never let anyone feel bad ever <laughs> for not seeing a film i like to hear people enjoy movies yeah I love it when mm-hmm. someone's experimenting, experiencing a movie for the first time. I'm like, oh god, I, I was, I would love to re-experience that film, especially, especially if it's like a film I love. I, I get excited for them. I, I wish I was hanging out watching it with them because I love, I love watching movies with someone who hasn't seen something and seeing their reaction. And that's like, I, I put myself in that. <laughs> Sean I just imagine, stares at you the entire time. I, I, imagine, no, you know? I have to do that if my friend is with me and I put on a movie. Um, I have to keep myself from just being like, huh. Huh? Just looking at him repeatedly. Like, yeah, what do you that's think? Cool, is that right? good? You like that scene? Is a good scene, right? Yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, a good scene's coming up, so you're just staring at them. I make it subtle. I make it subtle. I don't yeah, look right, right at them, but I make it subtle. I definitely, I definitely kind of, out of the corner of my uh-huh. eye, I'm like, I can't wait to see how they react. <laughs> um. All right. So uh, I have one that I, uh, I really really like this movie and it's it's really? pretty much on my uh yeah really really um wait is it sean's turn fuck it i'm no, gonna go um, so um yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um this comes out on blu-ray i think in april it's streaming on um like voodoo and on on demand services right now uh, you can wait for the blu-ray i think ifc midnight's putting it out uh, runs a clean like 70 minutes. It is so good. It's called Pledge. Um, and it is about these three kind of loser type uh, characters who are going around to kind of uh, rush week to pledge at certain fraternities. And no one wants them even in their vicinity. They get kicked out of parties and everything. And finally, they get invited from this girl. Hey, why don't you come by this party later? And they come by and they realize that it's kind of they're doing some pledges there. So they stay for the party and they, you know, the guys there at the fraternity are saying, hey, well, you know, you come back tomorrow and we'll do this thing. Well, when they get there, they get in some deep shit because this fraternity is not like every other fraternity. And they are kind of assholes and torture them. Um, And what it actually turns out to be is fucking great. Um, It's I would consider it a horror film, of course, but it is a little bit more than that. The characters are fantastic. The villains are fantastic. Um, just an all-around really fun movie, and it runs very, very smoothly. And I was very, very happy with it. I watched it actually with Willow, and she enjoyed it quite a bit too. So, um, yeah, watch Pledge, uh, buy it when it comes out, or rent it. But I think it's one of those movies. Uh, it's very reminiscent to how um, Good Brotherhood was a few years ago, but also kind of how Brotherhood was kind of ridiculous, but. Um, if you want a perfect college bro uh, horror night, watch Brotherhood and Pledge, and you won't be disappointed. So. so not to do a cheap plug or anything, but I just recently rewatched the Tales from the Crypt episode I'm going to be writing about soon. Oh, 
about fraternity. Is it anything like the Will Wheaton and Meredith Salinger <laughs> fraternity episode? Um, remind me what happens in an episode. Spoiler alert, everybody. <laughs> oh, no so they, they go to supposedly haunted house for the last night of their pledge to make sure they make into the fraternity. And uh, for one, it turns out there's a guy getting a revenge that got, he got kicked out and they made fun of him. So he did a little scare, but then it escalates and it turns out the sorority that Meredith Salinger is, is they're like ghouls. And they're like, they eat the dudes at the end, basically. I'm trying to remember that episode. Man, it has like a Deloise kid in it. It has a that Courtney Gaines from Children of the Corn in it. It freaking has everybody. Damn. Hmm. Yeah, no, I I'm drawing a blank on that. Um on that episode okay well pledge sounds cool though <laughs> yeah pledge is uh really really good and also yeah. if you've never seen brotherhood um check that out too i think pledge is a better movie uh-huh. because it's uh a little bit more realistic like the stuff that happens brotherhood's kind of crazy but um there's i guess uh there are true stories that are absolutely kind of dumbfounding to realize that they actually happen but yeah pledges pledge is great and that ending is just fucking icing on the cake so awesome. watch it yep yeah it's out on uh, on april 2nd do shout or shout screen back whatever ifc imprint blah 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 um speaking of shout factory i uh finally got i've been, I've been waiting for this film for such a long time uh, to watch it. it, it had been on Amazon Prime, and uh, but I wanted to wait t- till the Blu-ray came out. I'm a huge fan of Watership Down, and uh, and I, I love downer adult, more adult-oriented um, animated films. So uh, when The Plague Dogs was announced, I was all about it. But I had never seen it before, and I'd seen Watership Down, and um, and I knew that this was by the same filmmaker. So uh, it was by the same. I think it was by the same filmmaker. Um, yeah, same director, Martin uh, Martin Rosen. And so I finally I got the Blu-ray. It, it had been delayed because they were kind of searching for... They wanted to release kind of the director's cut. And uh, they were searching for elements. And so they had delayed it, so it finally came out. And um, if you like w- films like Watership Down, if you don't mind a downer film, um, man, this is... Uh, it's such a good film. I wish that there were more kind of... Uh, grown-up oriented uh, animated films like this there aren't I can't think of any that are out like this where you you see a poster and you're like oh you know that's that's a kid's film but then you watch it and you're like oh shit (laughs) I need some scotch right now because this movie this this film is depressing but it's dealing with animals you know what year did it come out uh it was 82 so yeah, yeah, that that seemed to be the air of the seventies and the early eighties. Yeah, uh, you're dealing with these two dogs. They're they're um, they're at this like research facility. They're basically test animals, and they're in this research facility. And those one big the the bigger dog, uh, his what they test with him is how long he can stay underwater before he passes out, and uh, and then the other this little dog, this little kind of a I think he's a uh, what is he? What kind of my, my my cousins had a dog like him. Um, 
Anyway, he like, no, it's like those, you know, um, um, oh gosh, what is it? They're those little dogs. They, they they have a ton of energy and I can't remember what they're called right now. Pomeranians. Not a Pomeranian, not a Pomeranian. Jack Russell, Jack Russell. So he's this little Jack Russell and he's had like, he has like a, some sort of bandage on his head. So he's obviously had some, you know, uh, experimental brain surgery. So they, they escape and it kind of follows them as they escape and as they're kind of out in the wild for the first time they're they're timid of humans they think they're gonna uh, but they're trying to find they, they want they want to find a master and then in the meantime uh through a freak accident the jack russell blows off a man's head with a shotgun uh and then they're hunted and uh because they think the humans think they could have like some sort of plague or something and, and uh, it kind of follows uh their their journey and this thing is a fucking downer (laughs) but it's such an incredible just seeing a film like this it's such such an incredible experience to kind of kind of go through this journey with these dogs and really like you really kind of feel for them like you're just i don't know it's um just like with watership down uh it's just you feel for these animals and and you're really invested with the story so if you haven't seen it uh i'm not sure if it's on amazon prime right now but um the blu-ray looks amazing they it's it, they released the kind of unedited version um i think they used some other elements i don't they may have used kind of vhs to splice in it it, it i don't maybe not vhs but they used a, l- a lesser quality kind of to get the unedited things spliced in but it looks fine um they did a really good job with this and uh if you love these types of films i definitely would recommend that you pick it up cool. have you read um a graphic novel called we three by grant morrison by any I, have, I have not okay so it's not a comic book series it's just one single graphic novel it's not too long it's about these three animals a rabbit a cat and a dog who had been tested on but to the point where they're like armored and they have weapons <laughs> and they end up escaping and the military is chasing them and they're kind of trying to find this nebulous home and the military is chasing them because they have all these weapons on them. It's like <laughs> a little, a sweet little dog who can like fire missiles basically. And it's such an unusual, but very, very cool and sweet story. <laughs> and you describing plague dogs reminded me of We Three. So I would recommend that. that. Sure. Oh, yeah, I would I would say so. Absolutely. We need more of these films. I don't know where they would end up because we're so um, with films and stuff. Our society, as far as mainstream society with films, it's so like saccharine or watered down or just you know, the lowest common denominator bullshit gets put out into the into, to the masses. And I don't know if a movie like this would do well, but there's got to be a home for stuff like this. I'm just surprised because I was a huge fan of like the Don Bluth animated films because those, unlike Disney, those kind of seemed a little more dark and dingy. Um, like The Secret of Nim is like one of my all-time favorite animated films. And there's like, there's been nothing that has kind of tapped that. There's been a few um, there was that Owls of Gahul film. I forget the name of it. Um, <clears throat> that got trashed. Legend because, of the Guardians. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. It's really fucking good, and the animation's dark and awesome. And it got it got trashed because it was Zack Snyder, and then um, Owl City had a single in the film. Who gives a fuck? Like the movie is really really good. And then there's the movie um, called was it called Three or Six or something like that? It was some number. 
Nine. Was it nine? Nine, yeah, nine. The CGI one. Three, I'll, I'll six. Get there. Three, there six. Nine. I'll get there. I'll get there. <laughs> it's a multiple. Three, probably. But, but that one, that one didn't do well. But that one was such a dark film because you're basically watching these reanimated um, little puppets uh, after all of humanity's been wiped out. Like I love stuff like that, and um, there's just not enough of that. I don't. It's. I guess it's not marketable. I guess people, you know, they don't make any money because those films didn't make that much money. But. Um, I'm just, I love, love stuff like that. So if anyone has, any, if anyone has any recommendations, if there's a, if you know of a animated film that kind of treads those lines of dark and, and, uh, mm-hmm. and really well animated, or at least there's some creativity there, like, let me know. Cause I'm always, I'm always jonesing to find more of those. Jonesing. Jonesing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Steph, what you got? I'm, I'm a dad. I, I don't I don't say the coolest things. I just I know. <laughs> That's why Steph should go. Oh. I'm a little torn on what to talk about next. So I will go with the horror choice, as this is the scream cast. Yeah. And Brad and I talked about Lucio Fulci during our Seanless episode. <laughs> And since that conversation, I ordered and received and watched The Psychic from Mr. Mm. Joe which is done by Scorpion. And you can get it on RoninFlix.com. It's Flix with an X. Um, I think Diabolique sells it as well, but um, that's their direct selling. Um, I've been really impressed by their output lately. I also ordered a Giallo in Venice recently before they they sold out again. Yeah. I had yeah. never heard about that movie and it's like gone through three printings already. Is that like <laughs> giant underground movie or something? No, it's just how they're how uh, Code Red and or Scorpion are kind of marketing it. No, I mean, it's it's they don't usually do that, though. But yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so I'm a big Fulci fan, but I haven't seen everything. And what's really fun about him is that he did almost every single genre. And this is one of his more restrained ones, uh, more giallo feel. Um, I'd say this is incredibly restrained, especially since for a lot of people, you say Fulci, they think of zombie, they think of terrible things happening to eyeballs. Uh, this one is, it's about a woman, she's clairvoyant, and she starts getting very foreboding and terrifying visions. She finds a corpse in the wall of her house, and then she kind of has to figure out what the hell's going on with that. And it's, I would say first impressions, it's not, probably not going to be in my top five from Fulci. But I was so intrigued by it because uh, he he's just so, I guess he's kind of a wizard at pacing. And I don't know if people usually give him a lot of credit for that. When things are really insane and kinetic, I think he's wonderful at tapping into that. But I, I think he's also wonderful at building tension in a way where you don't completely lose interest, but you kind of get lulled into a weird 
comfortable setting where you almost feel sleepy, not bored, but kind of sleepy. And then next thing you know, someone gets thrown off a bridge or something and you're (laughs) right back there. But it's well balanced. And so this is definitely a quieter Fulci. It's very stylish. Um, And it might be, okay, I won't go completely uh, all the way by saying it might be my favorite soundtrack to one of his films, but it's top three. The the opening song, I, I'm I'm gonna like add that to my phone so I can listen to it all the time. <laughs> one of his best soundtracks. It's gorgeous. Um, so yeah, if you do appreciate when Fulci's a little more chill, a little more restrained, um, he. He has his handful of movies that are very stylish. This is one of them. Uh, I would I would recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. Awesome. No hey. eyeball torture, though. So if that's your thing, sorry. <laughs> Brad, are you there? Are you there, Brad? Yeah. No, I'm here. I'm listening. I, com- I completely agree. Very nice. I'll have to check that out. I'm... I'm you know, I, there's a lot more Fulci I need to watch as well. I need to, I need to kind of take some time and kind of go through his lesser known films. And I, yeah, I've seen a lot of people talking about that, the, the psychic Blu-ray lately. And yeah, I've been catching up with him, but I'm not in a rush either. Mm-hmm. And he still has things that haven't been released yet, but he's just someone I kind of enjoy. I've been lately on kind of a jag of discovering two to three of his films a year at this point. And, and then revisiting the ones I've seen before. And that's been great. Nice. Very nice. Oh, and you compare it with um, Two Evil Eyes with uh, Argento's Black Cat. Oh, very <laughs> segment. nice. And it's kind of, I think that'd be kind of a cool double feature. Awesome. Brad? Yes. <clears throat> you want me to go again? Yeah, you're up, right? Oh, yeah, I can. I, can, I have I can two more that. movies. I have two more movies to talk about. I don't know how many more you guys have on your list, but I have two more. Oh, Jesus. I don't even want to go Remember there. I bet you talked um, about the sad animals. <laughs> I talked no, about I sad didn't. animals. Now it's Brad's turn. Um, all right. Let's see. Out of the million I have, um, <laughs> I watched um, Arizona, directed by Jonathan Watson, um, stars Danny McBride. Uh, Rose Marie DeWitt and Luke Wilson. Oh, I was a little intrigued by this movie because I heard how dark and violent um, it is, and also it just being a uh, a comedy. Um, I enjoyed it, but I felt that it should have went one. I, I I feel like it should have been a straightforward, um, more horror. I guess and suspense. So it's um it, it's set in 2009 during this housing crisis in Arizona, and it's uh, about a single mom who uh, sells homes who is just kind of having a shit time because she's trying to get her life together. She's you know obviously a single mom trying to support her daughter, and um, she goes into the office one day and there's an angry homeowner confronts her boss and ends up accidentally killing him um, in the process during a, a, a squirrel outside, I guess you could say. 
I like saying that. Um, <laughs> a little, you know, little fist fight outside ends up uh, killing him. Um, and so he kidnaps her and um, tries to figure out what to do in this situation. Like, how can he get away with this? He, you know, claims it's an accident. But every time he tries to fix something, it just gets worse and worse and worse into this huge, bloody mess. Um, and if you told me, like, this is how the movie ends, and I'm sitting there seeing it from the beginning, I would have never believed you because it just gets so fucking crazy. But it is violent. It is very violent. Um, it is dark. It is funny at times, but I just feel like they should have went uh, like full comedy or maybe had comedy but turned it into horror. And maybe they didn't turn it into horror because he was doing Halloween at the time. You know, like I, I'm Danny McBride was doing the Halloween movie. So I, I think maybe they kind of pulled back from it, it seems. I don't know. I just kind of wish they went full on like horror towards the end of the film because it it actually has this really cool setup. It's this basically this empty housing uh, development and he's stalking um, these people uh through through the houses and it actually gets pretty suspenseful at times but it's just always danny mcbride cracking jokes so it's like you know this great synthy soundtrack um you know some great lighting him hunting him down and then you know it's eastbound and down lines or something and it's like you know he says something funny like, oh, there you are, you jackrabbit. <laughs> um, and it's like, oh, man, that kind of ruined it. I was kind of hoping you'd be more serious, but it's fine. Um, you do know, you think if, he has serious acting in his body? Do you think he can do it? Has he done it before? Um, McBride? I no, feel like he, I feel like he can. Seen. But I don't think he has yet, really. But I, I think this would have been a, a good opportunity because he kind of is intimidating in the film at times, but yeah, it's just, it gets... He, it, it seems like the comedy tries too hard. Like it's yeah. like, oh shit, we're in too deep. Let's throw a joke in there, and it just doesn't <laughs> land. But then it also takes you out of the horror element. So I don't know. It's so, fine. If it's rainy day, you should watch it. So, um, what would you compare it to it tonally, if you um, if possible? I don't know. Is there anything? Um. I'm trying to kind of get a beat on it because on one hand it sounds interesting to me, but on the other hand it, it sounds like it might be kind of a mess. Check out this so. check out this review by Glenn Kenny from the New York Times. Arizona oh. is a nihilist garbage fire with a fake female empowerment bow on top. He didn't like it. Oh yeah, Glenn, I, I wouldn't Glenn say it's, like it. Wouldn't say it's fake female empowerment it's <laughs> no the movie's not trying to achieve anything like that it's just i mean it is it, it, but the thing is is it gets really fucking mean at times mm -hmm. so it's jarring because you're watching it and you know uh, danny mcbride accidentally kills somebody mm -hmm. and then the next scene he's just beating their face in with like a brick <laughs> and it's like oh sh yeah it might not be for me and then the next one's like Oh, accidental kill. Oh, I'm going to beat the shit out of you with the, you know, I'm going to shoot you in the fucking face. And then the brain goes everywhere. It's huh. like, man, I just, I don't, I, like, I just, it didn't know what it wanted to be, it seemed, or it did know, but it was just like, um, this is a little too dark. Let's throw some comedy in there. So it's just, it's kind of all, it is really all over the place. 
Um, but there's a good movie buried in there. It just it just didn't do it, you know. Huh. But anyways, interesting, interesting. All right, well, I'm uh, I'm going through the uh, the MVD Blu-ray series again. By the way, little rant <laughs> on on uh, MVD Blu-rays here. Um, Read them to Phil. <laughs> when uh, when I get the movies now, and if there's a a DVD that comes along with it, like say like Nemesis, uh, for some reason, I think it's Cab. Just is it who 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 makes? It? I don't know if it's Cab C-A-V. or whatever. Cab. Well, whoever whoever creates these things, they're putting the DVD on the right side, and they're putting the Blu-ray on the left side, and they're covering up the Blu-ray with a poster. Oh, so I was, it was like that's not really CAV because right, CAV whoever they everybody. distribute they distribute whoever creates these. Okay, so CAV distributes everybody though. Yeah, it's they like, distribute everybody. Um, but whoever whoever actually it's, creates, it's probably MBD like mm-hmm. idea of constructing them. Whoever manufactures these goddamn things. So I'm like, Jesus it was late. Christ. So I, I put in I put in Nemesis, and I'm Can watching. Talk it, about Nemesis. And, and I'm like, this is the shittiest transfer I've ever seen on a Blu-ray. What are they doing? And it turns out I was watching the DVD. I had no idea because the DVD was hidden under the fucking poster. Jesus. Don't, MVD, don't do that. Blu-ray on the right, so we see it's the Blu-ray, okay? All right? Now, luckily, with Shadow Builder, there's no DVD. And I don't know why we're still putting out DVDs anyway. Just do one disc. Do a Blu-ray. Everyone has Blu-ray players now. It's been out for, like, 20 years by now. God damn it. Rant over. Uh, Shadow Builder. <laughs> Have wow. you guys seen Bram Stoker's Shadow Builder? Uh, this I, years ago. This movie is awesome. It's right up my alley. We got the religious horror. You got Michael Rooker playing like a like he's like a priest, but he's also a badass, and he's hunting down some shadowy demon guy because he hears that it's looking for the soul of a boy. So he tracks the demon thing to a town and finds the boy and there's some dark history there and yada 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 and there's some really bad cgi and it's great so there's my that's my review and a synopsis of shadow builder uh i have no idea how it's related to a bram stoker story i didn't get that at all but uh i loved it (laughs) wow Michael Rooker and I'm I'm just gonna leave that um, (laughs) review that way and not even say anything else. Stephanie, what do you have? (laughs) (laughs) I had a lot of fun. If you like this kind of stuff and uh, you don't take movies too seriously, watch it. Uh, It reminds me of like stuff that'd be on like um, HBO late at night or on a you know, know, like a Tuesday at like 11 p.m. They're showing Shadow Builder, you know. So, you know who everyone (laughs) seems to pretty much know is great, but I've only recently discovered. Yeah, who is that? Is the Charles Bronson. Oh! So, for whatever reason, as a little girl growing up, I just didn't encounter a lot of Charlie Bronson. 
I'm the same way, Steph. You're not alone. I've only oh, seen cool. a couple. I've only seen a couple Charles Bronson films, and I and really I'm yeah. not. I've never been that big of a fan. Yeah, I, I, I think actually... Charles Bronson happened Don Johnson with me. Like I was like, man, why would I watch anything with Don Johnson? And then I watched the Don Johnson movie, and I'm like, fuck, I'm obsessed with Don Johnson. And I think that might happen <laughs> with Charles. Bronson. I have like so I, I I bought a, I've bought almost every single one of Charles Bronson's movies on Blu-ray. I just haven't got it around to watching them yet. Which is a story okay. of my life. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Charles no. Bronson. <laughs> I'm just glad I'm not alone. Uh, yeah, that Mill Creek set came out recently where, you know, they crammed like five movies onto <laughs> not a lot of discs, but I had a lot of fun diving into that, especially the early Walter Hill movie and everything. Um, and that kind of got me going. And um is it Screamer Shout Factory? They just did 10 to Midnight. Yeah. But I previously got that from Twilight Time during a sale. And I love that because it really is like half police procedural, half slasher. And just seeing him hold like a weird homemade dildo machine just kind of made my day. So that's <laughs> <laughs> to midnight if you haven't. But the movie I'm going to talk about um, is Murphy's Law. Which I Whoa. guess isn't on Blu-ray yet, which is strange. At least not here in Tragic. Region 1. <laughs> Wait, isn't Murphy Law in that pack of Charles Bronson movies? Mm-mm. Oh. I thought it was. I Because I picked something up with Charles Bronson. It was like four movies, and I thought that was one of them. But anyways. Well, now I'm so how, how living my entire life. Uh. Oh. Well, okay. So when it comes to screen presence, Charles Bronson and Burt Reynolds, they're not exactly twins, all right? <laughs> but both have something I love, mustache. which is, yeah, they're heroes. God damn it, Sean. Yeah, <laughs> mustaches are good. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're heroes, but they're very flawed, and they'll let themselves get hit in the face. They'll let themselves trip over stuff. They'll let themselves be hung over. That's really important to me in an action hero. I really appreciate that. Um, no, it's not in the Mill Creek set, Brad. Don't oh, okay. Scare me like that ever again. I'll have to pick that. Um, so Murphy's Law, uh, it's about a cop. He's very copish. He knows what he's doing. It's, he's tough and he's rough. But uh, a woman, a woman, which is so cool uh that he's sent to prison she gets out and she she's like well now nah, i'm just gonna immediately get my vengeance on him and she is nasty she just one by one cold-bloodedly kills every person's life and this movie is kind enough to really set up their characters make you like them and then you'll just watch and die in cold blood and he gets uh, handcuffed to a different lady criminal. And it's so bonkers. But it's everything I love about action movies, especially in this time period where I don't I don't know what it is, because on one hand, they're so stupid. But on the other hand, they know what they are. And they're at, if you really sit down and think about it, they're 
they're well written, they're really well thought of. And this one specifically had a lot of twists in it and see coming. It was also hilarious. And <laughs> I mean, like guns being taken out, pizza boxes. It was just, it had everything. Um, so yeah, I've just been having the best time with Charles Bronson. <laughs> this was a canon film. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So yeah. And it's it stars uh along with him, uh Kathleen Wilhoyt, who was in Witchboard. So so there you go. Yeah. I'm just throwing out trivia. That's all I'm doing. No, that people love trivia. I love trivia. No, she <laughs> is great. She's the one he gets handcuffed to. And one of my favorite things about the movies was she would just insult people endlessly. 80% of her dialogue was insulting people, especially cops, but they were the weirdest insults you've ever heard. And they were mostly snot based. I think at one time <laughs> she called a cop like, yes, snot dinosaur and like <laughs> just the weirdest insults I've ever heard. And oh, the drawback is there's a lot of homophobic language in this, which mm. You might be thinking, well, duh, it's an 80s action movie, but it's a little beyond that in this. It it, it felt like the screenwriter was kind of maybe need to work through a few things before he just kind of put that ugliness in here. But if you can kind of recognize that as being shitty and dumb um, oh. and... You know, it, it's being said by people out of ignorance and in stressful situations. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, when I get in these moods, <laughs> I don't know if there's um, these kinds of movies are just like, I don't know, candy to me. I, I, I'm I'm down. <laughs> I'm I'm looking up some of these quotes. Do you guys want to hear? Want to hear this yeah. interaction between the two? <laughs> Okay, now this is a great little interaction, and not and not only does it have like he actually says the title of the movie, uh, in this whole interview. Oh, that's a great moment. Yeah. Uh, and he goes, "The only law I know is Jack Murphy's law. That's very simple. Don't fuck with Jack Murphy. You remember that." And then she goes, Ar "Arabella McGee, Arabella McGee, says yes, not licking donkey fart." And he doesn't say anything. And then she goes, "What'd you do? <laughs> Rape a nun?" And he doesn't say anything. And then she says. Kiss my pantyhose, sperm bank. And then he just still doesn't say anything. And then she says, why don't you watch your asshole, asshole? And he's still, he doesn't, still nothing. And then she says, hey, pubic hair, I'm talking to you. And then he just still doesn't say anything. Like, that's that's the internet. <laughs> and then another yeah, insult is. Yeah, it's not just him not saying anything. <laughs> it's giving her, like, the half-footed Charlie Bronson look. Right. Some, some other insult she has is dildo nose and, mm -hmm. uh, and butt crust. But yeah, crust. the entire movie. It's not like <laughs> eh, she's got her goofy phrases, but she comes like a cool ass kicking yeah. woman. Like it's like she gets shot. She's like, ah, you, you know, she's in the like eating. She goes, suck a doorknob, you homo. I guess another one of the one of those. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? Who wrote like somebody really like somebody had like an insult book. The writer must have this, just this insult. <laughs> They're just highlighting that, that he yeah. like that oh, that man. when he's like in fifth or sixth grade, him and his buddies would be down at the playground yeah. making up making up uh, insults, and that's what he used in this film. I think. Yeah. What do you, what do you think, Brad? Right. Is that is that a fair assessment, Brad? <laughs> I I don't have anything to say on behalf of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
All right, you butt crust. What do you got, Brad? Um, I uh, recently picked up a uh, movie. Uh, this is also streaming on Netflix, I believe, called Await Further Instructions. Um, I really, really like this movie. It's pretty rad. It's a, um, it's about a, a, a young man and his girlfriend. Um, she is uh, not white. And he goes to his um, uh, family's get together on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. They arrive. Um, obviously, uh, his family's a little racist and they say derogatory things just uh, in general, uh, make her feel uncomfortable. He obviously does not have a good relationship with his uh, father or his brother and obviously the brother's uh, wife. Um, who's pregnant and um, he has a decent relationship with his mother though. So things kind of get heated that night um, and he goes to, to sleep and they wake up the next morning and uh, the whole entire house, uh, whenever they open a door or a window is this black hard substance. And on the television monitor is basically telling them to wait for their instructions so while they're in the house and being basically held there, uh, they can't get out. They can't break the black substance. They can't do anything until the television tells them what to do. Um, so, you know, the first thing they do is like, OK, well, fuck it. Let's, you know, just eat Christmas dinner because obviously something massive is happening outside. Um and then, like, instructions come on the television that the food is contaminated. Do not eat it. Um, so it makes them go through all these things, all these cycles. And this movie turns out to be fucking crazy. Like, it is, like, the last 20 minutes of this movie is just pure, like, I, these kids saw some Cronenberg films when they were little, and that's what they set out to do. Is they wanted said they wanted to make Cronenberg happy and proud, and they I imagine they would if Cronenberg saw this movie and especially the last twenty minutes he would be very very happy. Um, but it just gets it it gets just crazy, and it's the special effects are outstanding. Um, some of the stuff that they did at the end of this movie, I'm like shit, man, that's fucking old school like you know eighties kind of gags and stuff, eighties but they did it very very well. Um, but it's just, just pure insanity. It's, it's so good. Um, and it's, it's a very, it's a, it's a nice, uh, thing too, because it's, it's very tight. It's obviously one location cause they're in the house the entire time. Um, it's got, uh, just, it's very, very well done as, as far as a, um, a horror movie goes and it's something new too. Um, so yeah, I would recommend, I saw a lot of people, uh, watch it after i was tweeted about it one night and nice. had a lot of people come back and say oh holy shit that's actually really really good so i was really happy that people are digging it um we're, uh, it's a very I was saying, where, can, where can people see this is it on netflix or or what yeah you probably had me muted in the beginning um it's oh, on sorry. blu-ray or park sky <laughs> and it's actually streaming on netflix Dark sky. okay i missed it sorry sorry about that it's okay yeah that's, that's what i was um, making sure i was trying to get make, make sure people uh can watch this thing you know that's all yeah, they're nice people. So yeah. So, and also, it's a, a Christmas 
horror movie. Perfect. Not so much the Christmas side to it. I really like they could have picked any day. I it could have been Thanksgiving. It wouldn't have mattered. It's it's there's no Christmas about it other than um, a Christmas tree. And that, they're to celebrate Christmas. But yeah. I wouldn't say it's like people are like, oh, Christmas horror. It's like it you don't really notice it's a Christmas movie at all. But okay. people like that. So there you go. There's like <laughs> Christmas. You know. so. uh, nice. Yeah, I'll have to watch this. That looks, uh, this looks really good. Yeah, it's so. it's it's really good. I think you would like it because it's kind of lo-fi uh, science fiction. So Awesome. Very cool. Speaking of lo-fi science fiction, uh, I watched this little science fiction film. Uh, it was released by Arrow. Um, starring Kevin Costner and um, uh, Waterworld. So I, I, I want to talk about uh, Arrow's release of Waterworld, which is, <clears throat> in a sense, nah. like, in, in a sense, it's kind of ridiculous that Arrow's releasing Waterworld. Like, when I saw they were doing that, I was like, oh, okay. Because Waterworld, you know, while a lot of people like myself, like, we find enjoyment in it, like, it's never been like, oh, this deserves, like, a really amazing release. Um, I'm grateful it got that. And, uh, they, uh, they did a really cool thing where there, there's been this fan edit that has been circulating all around. They call it the, the Ulysses, the Ulysses cut. And so it was released theatrically. And then there was a TV version where they, for marketing purposes or to get people to watch it, they put in all this extra footage that the director had cut out. He wasn't really a fan of that. Um, but, but it was edited for TV. So while it had this extra stuff, it still was edited for TV. So there was this fan edit that went around and people took the regular film and edited in the television, the extra footage. And then that kind of got, you know, um, circulated through, I don't know, VHS, then DVD, or maybe it was on all torrents and stuff like that. But um, yeah, Arrow, yeah. I, I, uh, I know the cut. Yeah, Arrow basically restored it that that cut and released it onto the Blu-ray, which I, I think it's happened a couple other times, but um, it's not that's not a common thing. You know, imagine if like George Lucas said, "Oh, hey, I'm going to release this." You know, I don't I don't want to take the time to release the unedited Star Wars, so I'm going to take uh, we'll we'll take the Harmy and we'll put it on a Blu-ray. It's like, but the fact that Arrow did this, um, it's pretty awesome, and it's three, it's three hours long, uh, the the Ulysses cut over three hours, and it's a marathon. Wow. I think it took me a week to watch it because whenever I have time to watch something, it's like thirty minutes here and there, you know, because <laughs> I I would fall asleep because I'm doing a lot and I'm staying up late, and uh, but you know what I what I love about Waterworld is um, it's like it's one of the last movies, big budget epic movies to be released before CGI and you can really tell with the sets and everything and yeah the movie has problems like it's you know it's a it's a goofy ass flick but I I love it um despite that and um but uh but I, I think I love it because just because of the the scope of the film you can tell it uh everything's on screen looks fantastic and there's not that CGI um smear you know what I mean um, but, uh, it's one of the last truly like <clears throat> epic films to get, you know, with, with the cinematography without it, without any CGI. So, uh, they did a really amazing job with this release. If you're, uh, uh, if you're a fan of Waterworld, even if you're not, if you're, if, if it's one of those kind of oddities, uh, this has enough stuff to really, for you to dig into. And, uh, 
and it's it's like three di- you know three discs and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, uh, the only thing I was a little upset about um, that release was like there's they don't interview um, anybody pretty much. Yeah. Well, from like, the I, don't, film. I don't think I don't think Kevin Costner's up for any interviews. Like <clears throat> he's well, not going to go back and talk about it. Arrow's not going to be able to get <laughs> Costner, but like uh, you know, like uh, David Tui or Peter Rader. Like who who wrote the film? I think they would love to talk about it because oh, yeah. I mean it's it's a big flop that you know is kind of getting its due now. It's kind of weird. Um, I mean, I know that there's a lot of fans of War- Waterworld. I was always a fan of War- Waterworld, um, just because I like I like I like movies like I don't want to see any movie fail. But there's something special about these like giant fucking movies that just completely just bomb you know uh, and i'm not talking about like adventures of pluto nash i'm talking about you know <laughs> like cutthroat island and you yeah. know water yeah you know? there's um, something special about them um and i've always enjoyed i'm not saying that they're great but they're really fun to watch because man like making that movie is just such a huge undertaking and most of the filmmakers uh were coming from greatness or went on to greatness mm-hmm. so it's just kind of like this you know oh you made Waterworld, that movie bombed but how the fuck did you make Waterworld? <laughs> you know like at the same time it's 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 interesting so. we don't we don't get that too much these days because i mean um the movie i would think about kind of on par like Similar to this, like where it, a lot of money was thrown at it and it bombed was the Mortal Engines that's coming out on Blu-ray finally. Not finally, yeah. it's, it's really quick because... <laughs> even like John Carter, John Carter of Mars. Was right, like, John Carter of Mars. Really been fucking bomb too, you know? Yeah. But, 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 but those have a lot of CGI. So like when you, people don't really care about the making of because it's like, oh, that was all done on computer. Like there's not that there it, it's a yeah, weird water world they filmed in a fucking pool Jesus. no i know like, I, like water world <laughs> it's it's you know people want to talk about it because it's like that every set was being flooded breaking like they had so many problems during well, the filming of that film. <laughs> arrow didn't think that maybe someone wanted to talk about the movie yeah come on arrow yeah 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 i was a little upset about that too um yeah. But, you know, it's even like, um, you know, Kevin Kevin Reynolds is still alive. He did that movie that you really liked that you talked about a few years ago on the show. That's how ridiculous my memory that is, one movie, by the way. That one movie I really liked. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, I don't know, you always like biblical uh, bullshit. It was a oh. biblical, uh, <laughs> you know, it's about this that dude who tries to find Jesus or some shit. <laughs> Oh, 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 Risen? Yeah. Risen? Yeah, Risen's pretty good, it's, you know, if you, if you like that that kind of stuff. But I guess I should say Robin Hood Menace, or not Menace. Menace. <laughs> he did count on, he did count on Monte Cristo. It was Kevin Reynolds. Oh, movie, Robin Hood, so. Prince of Thieves, I love that film. See, that's, yeah, a, good, that's same, a good Robin Hood same, movie. Same fucking director, man, it's uh, Kevin Reynolds. So, but anyways. Awesome. All right. uh, Stephanie? Do we want the? What's that? Uh, should this be the last round? Yeah, I I am done. So um so so yes. Okay, so this will be my last one. I wrote about this at the at Daily Grindhouse, and it's actually been talked about a lot. 
But I, I feel like I should give a quick shout out to Horror Noir, um, the documentary. It's a Shutter oh, exclusive yes. right now about the history of Black horror. And it's, yeah, it, it's it's very lauded right now and deservedly so. But just in case, um, for anyone out there who missed it, it's absolutely worth your time. It's a great primer. It starts pretty much at the birth of cinema, how Black people have been portrayed, and quickly that goes into genre. And it pretty much goes decade by decade. Um, The interviews are wonderful. Uh, The setup is really uh, interesting. And I I just I think they they did a wonderful job getting a lot of information in there but making it really entertaining because there's a lot of funny moments. Um I I just think it's it's one of the best produced horror documentaries I've probably ever seen cuz sometimes they can just get maybe a little too inside baseball or a little too nostalgic in love with themselves and I feel like this is a very there's a lot of love and passion in it but they're able to look at every single aspect of these films and um, I I just love it (laughs) so it's on Shudder Horror Noir and I recommend it if you haven't seen it yet yeah, I agree. It's really good. I need to watch it. I need to carve out some time and watch it. Everyone's talking about it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Awesome. Well, we will uh we will put uh, uh we'll put a pin in it here. And uh I'm sure Brad has like fifty more to talk about, but we will we will hit those up the next uh, on the next what's in your doorstep episode. It's gonna just pile up even more. I know. Uh so <laughs> next uh next episode we will be doing our first kind of theme episode of the year. We are gonna be uh, I don't know what it's called. The Un episode, I think is what we'll call it. We'll be talking about uh, The Unborn 1 and 2, as well as The Unnameable, Unnameable 1 and 2. And uh, so, and I think, you know, we'll probably squeeze some more things to talk about in, uh, in that episode as well. So looking forward to that. So we'll see all of you. We'll talk to all of you next time. I need to give a huge shout out to Wolfman of Mars for providing the music um, and grindhousevideo.com if you need to check them out, if you need to buy anything, you know, go to grindhousevideo.com and see what they see what they got. Um, as far as other sponsors for the show, I'm kind of going to be reevaluating the sponsors. We've had, it's been a, kind of been, you know, I've had the same things on that site for so long, and I need to kind of talk to a few people and kind of see what's going on with all that. So, um, so I'll be reevaluating all that stuff. Uh, go to screamingpods.com and listen to all the other great shows uh on there so a lot of a lot of fun stuff splat house is still doing stuff brad what's going on with the the sov pod are are you are you uh the adventures of you and mike delaney and shot on video movies is that still happening or is that kind of uh Um, it is still happening sean just like how this show is really hard to record (laughs) um so is uh the sov pod so yeah but it will happen eventually we do have two movies lined up suffer little children and hell roller that we have watched and we will record uh soon um but with my schedule and his schedule it doesn't really line up too well 
But we are planning a comeback episode, and hopefully we will be doing it regularly, um, depending on what happens with my life in the future. Nice. And Stephanie, what have what are you? What's going on with you? What are you working on? You, what <laughs> podcasts are you appearing on? Uh, Every podcast. Everything, pretty much every film podcast Stephanie's on. Oh God! Uh, let let See, us that's know. Let, let me know. When people say things. We're just, like we're just jealous. I'm just jealous. No, no one's jealous. Hundred percent jealous. No, um, you're in demand. Uh, so, <laughs> like we kind of mentioned, I, I, I'm pretty regular on just the discs with um, screencast veteran uh, Brian Sauer. <laughs> Uh, we just did, uh, Mikey and Nikki and Crimson Peak. So that'll be coming out not long from now. Awesome. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Just people ask me and I do it, <laughs> but Brad's not going to bring up. So I'll bring it up. He is getting some tag alongs this year at South by Southwest. Oh, oh that's true. Yes. We're going to have a fun uh, South by Southwest podcast episode because all of you are we're going to make it happen with all, all of you who are going. Yep. Um, Stephanie is going to be tortured by the hot sun and uh, standing in line for hours and hours and hours at a time. Sometimes I live in Las Vegas. See, mediocre <laughs> movies. It, it reaches 120 here in the summer, okay? Oh, then Damn. never mind. <laughs> You'll be fine. But yeah, it's um, uh, Jordan Vix. Uh, Jordy reviews it, and Stephanie will be um, going to South by Southwest. So we'll be yeah, we're um, girling it up. Having more ladies at South by is a plus, just because everybody knows that fests are as Captain Marvel has said. There's too many boys in. The theater. So, um, <laughs> thankfully, yeah, <eat> <laughs> I thought that was you kind of this I was like, when that when that happened, I was like, no, she's not wrong. Like, have you been in a fucking festival or a, a screening before? It fucking smells of bo. Like, come on. Oh, <laughs> oh man, so, you're gonna scare uh, Stephanie. That'll be the struggle for me. No, no, no Jordan to be like, fuck this. No, that's the cool thing is that I, I've been going to the bo. That's the cool thing. <laughs> I know what I love about film festivals. Well, the BO. Because it's real. You're in the ah. moment. It's real. I started going to uh, Fantastic Fest like eight years ago. Um, and I would say it was 90% male when I uh, started going. And I would say at this point, it's a good probably like 60-40. Um, I think, if, you know, women are, especially Fantastic Fest, being more comfortable, which is you know, kind of a, a huge step because of everything that happened. Yeah, um, they had work to do. But um, I, I I see more females now at... Um, Don't say females. It's weird. Say women. Okay. Women, Brad. Women. <laughs> I, Strong, I beautiful, bold women. Yeah. Um, I see uh, a lot more ladies at, um, at, uh, at Fest now. So it's, it'll be nice to have... Um, a couple more, especially especially new ones that have never been before, to see how crazy South by can actually be. Awesome. Yeah, this is my first film fest in any capacity. Wow, then you are in for a treat because this is about as rough as it gets. Yeah, I 
when I'm around big crowds of people, I tend to just start screaming. Like I can't control it. <laughs> Do you think that'll come up at all? Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> awesome. That'll yeah. be exciting for everyone. Well, that'll be great. We're gonna that'll have be some a, good footage for you, Sean. That'll be a great episode. We'll have to figure out if uh, we'll have to we we'll have to get our schedules ready because we'll have Jordy joining us, so we'll have to kind of get our schedules Yay. together so we can all we can bring you all together. And I will just sit and listen to all of you talk about how awesome South by Southwest is, and uh, so that that's awesome. So, all right, well, uh, that's gonna do it for this uh, the first official. No, I'm just kidding. For the second episode of 2019, wow. uh, the Screamcast. Jesus. I thank all of you for listening. <laughs> Uh, oh, Club Scum members, uh, big sloppy kisses to all of you. I know that we've been kind of absent, and uh, but that is going to change. So, uh, like I said, um, I think there's under 25 uh, Club Scum members right now. So as of now, when my next uh, when when my horror uh, audiobook comes out called The Fetishists, uh, <clears throat> you all will get a copy of that audiobook. But also, we will be doing some kind of fun little extra episodes late nights uh, and stuff like that for clubs come members it's our patreon uh patreon.com slash scream underscore cast check that out and uh, become uh, become a member of club scum and uh, also there's a few of you i've had these sitting on my desk forever but i keep forgetting i have some little some buttons and stickers to send out to a few of you members who upped your pledge to five dollars a month so uh those are coming and uh and those of you uh in australia you guys are killing me you know how much it costs to send something to australia like just a little package. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, it's pretty uh, but, crazy. Um, but I, I, I do this stuff because I love you. So thank you. Yeah, all but um, uh, like Steph said, uh, stickers can pay rent. They can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So maybe and these they are can good stickers. These aren't like crappy printed out. Stickers, oh yeah, I know. These are nice stickers. I, I, I invest in some good shit for the merch for sure. Uh. Speaking of stickers and stuff, you can go to ScreamingPods.com, go to the shop or the store, and you can buy little stickers and mugs and stuff if you want to help uh, support the show that way. There's also stuff for the other, uh, some of the other great podcasts on the network. Uh, you can buy some merch from them, support their those shows as well. So that, that's it. We're going to keep on rambling and not even close the show out. So we'll talk to all of you next time. <laughs> Bye-bye. See you. Oh, don't tell me you're leaving. The party's just begun.